When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, at Rogers Place tonight, they have just dropped the puck. The Oil Kings and the Moose Jaw Warriors. Oil Kings trying to win their second in a row in the NHL tonight. Kraken going after their sixth straight win. Looking good. Couple of goals in the first five and a half minutes of the third period. They're up 4-2 in Buffalo. Early third, Penguins leading the Canucks 5-3. Flames up 3-1 in St. Louis. That's in the second minute of the second period. Mangiapane has just scored his eighth of the season. Late second period, Stars and Islanders 1-1. Early third, Detroit up 5-4 against Winnipeg. Devils and Hurricanes 3-3 in the third. Wild and Rangers 2-2 in the third. And 15 and a half minutes left in Tampa. Lightning leading the Blue Jackets 3-1. Out shooting the Jackets 38-15. Later, Sharks at Coyotes. Well, they start in a few minutes. Bottom of the hour, Panthers at the Avalanche. Raptors 90, Hornets 88. Three minutes left in the third quarter. Oilers tomorrow, 6 o'clock for the face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, game at 8. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. And we've been talking about the WHL trade deadline. The rights to Dylan Gunther and uh, the rights to 2007-born forward Jordan Ramsey and an eighth-round pick sent to Seattle by the Oil Kings. The Oil Kings get 2007-born forward Koji Gibson, a 2024 fourth-round pick, and six draft picks that are conditional on Gunther being sent back to the WHL, which means he would go to Seattle, not Edmonton. So they could get eight draft picks, or pardon me, they could get seven draft picks and a player, or they could just get a player and one draft pick. But as Kurt Hill told you earlier tonight on Inside Sports, he's the GM of the Oil Kings. More likely than not, perhaps 60 to 70%, that Gunther gets sent back to the uh, to the dub and goes to Seattle, one of the teams going for it this season. Interesting times. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Kellen, what do you have for me? Oh, tons of feedback. <laughs> They're just flying in tonight now at this point. So uh, we'll go and we'll start with Dylan, who texts in, who says, Brutal takes all around. Do people not see how close Connor and Leon are? Why would they leave and not be able to win together? Makes no sense to me. That's from Dylan. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, I, again, you, you can call in or write in whatever you want. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time if you're if you're being reasonable and making your point. I, I've never been one to to go to the well they're gonna leave if they don't win i mean here here's the truth of the situation everybody uh the Oilers could win the stanley cup in the next year or two and one or both of those players could still leave if they want to you know if there's more money somewhere else or their personal life is taking them somewhere else 
I, I, I understand the angst of the, the Oilers fan base about players leaving town. And to me, a lot of it centers around two players. Gretzky was sold in 1988, which led to the dynasty team sort of being disassembled. But it started with the Gretzky thing. And then Chris Pronger left after one awesome season. So I, I, I get it that there's more of this fear with, in, in oil country about good players leaving than maybe there might be with other teams. And then you factor into that that the, the team was horrible and out of the playoffs for 10 years. And, 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 and you know, some other players left through trades and stuff, not because necessarily they wanted to. So I, I get the fear, and I'm not saying I don't recognize it, but I'm also saying for me to speculate on something that could happen in, in two to four years, I, I, I'm just, or whatever the timeline is, I just kind of think, well, I, I'd sooner deal with the, the here and now. And again, the bottom line is anybody who becomes a free agent can sign anywhere they want. And a player like Dreisaitl, who's going to be a free agent before Connor, is, is if he goes to free agency, he's going to get offers. And that's going to happen regardless of how the Oilers do the next two years. So I actually, I, I would actually reject the notion that on-ice failure is the only thing that dictates the future of those two players with the team. Because I think for both men, it could come down to other things. And if you want to... If you want to talk about Dreisaitl, I mean, he's what, a $15 million player? What if the Oilers flat out can't afford him in two and a half years or whenever it is? Now, Rick made a good point. You, you'll know a year ahead of time. So if, if he's not wanting to sign an extension, then, then maybe you have to make a deal. Um, but, but again, I, I don't think it just comes down to, well, unless the Oilers win X number of Stanley Cups or X number of playoff rounds or playoff games, one or both of those guys is going to want to leave. I don't think it's that simple. If you think it's that simple and you want to tell me it's that simple, you can tell me. I can also tell you I will flat out reject that notion. And I can also tell you, to me, it's kind of pointless to talk about it right now. Like, it, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's like, it's like, I'll just give a, a like sometimes say, people say to me, not often, but this, I have been asked this, they say, you know, or when there's layoffs in broadcasting, people say to me, well, are you worried about getting laid off? I say, no, I'm not, because I worry about doing my job, not losing my job. If that happens, I, I, if the company I'm working for decides to do that, I, I can't control it and it'll happen. But I don't sit around worrying about it. But hey, I could very well be the weirdo in this sewage situation, Kellen. I think we can acknowledge that. No, I've, I've, I think you make perfect sense here. One more quick one here for you, and then we got a phone call on the line for you. Uh, this is from an unknown texter. He thinks, yes, Puliarvi will be a changed man after the fight. He also believes that Nurse needs a fight to get him out of his own head. He's thinking too much. All right. Well, maybe. 780-496-0063. We have Mike standing by. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh Mike uh, here, the first-time caller, long-time fan of the show. Oh, appreciate that. Great show. Uh, really, I really, really like it. So, anyway, I've got real quick here, a couple things. Um, I don't know, there seems to be sort of a disconnect between the, the players on what they're seeing and the team, what they're seeing on the ice as for their efforts and stuff during a game compared to what the public are watching. Uh, we're, we're like, what's going on? The you know, we just don't know if they're if they're actually like, are they not competing? Uh, two or three games ago, they came out like 
they were on fire and they beat the hell out of the other team for an entire period. Yeah, Seattle. And then they, they slacked off. Yeah, Seattle. And then they slacked off and and uh, ended up. Uh, it wasn't as as easy as they thought. But uh, nobody will play with against the Oilers well if they come out and they play like that. But they just don't seem to come out. And and the only time they're you know, they really have that sense of urgency is when they're down two goals, three goals. Oh my gosh, we're behind. Now we've got to do everything in the third period again. So, yeah. And the second thing, um, we're only halfway through the season. Everybody's getting their knickers in the knot here because, like, oh my gosh, we're out of the out of the race. You're not. You still have half a season. I don't think you want to be as a team. I don't think you want to be the front runner all the way through the entire season. Um, you're probably going to be burnt out by the end, uh, by playoff time. But um, you know, the Oilers have, have traditionally started out a little bit slower sometimes. And then, you know, finished up the season pretty well and then increased their spot in the standings. Anyway, that's it for me. So thanks very much, guys. I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, I appreciate that, Mike. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks for deciding to call in tonight. That means a lot to me. Yeah, I think uh, I think some pretty reasonable points there. I, I, to me, To me, anyway, he touched on sort of the Oilers' ongoing issues of inconsistency this year. And... And specifically the home ice, I mean, what is it now? One, four, and two in their last seven home games. And in four of the six games they've lost, they had a two-goal lead at some point in the game. And he's right, that Seattle game, it looked like, oh, man, they're they're flying tonight. And then they kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit. The, the two-goal lead against Colorado, okay, that was all a bit of a shaky one, but still they couldn't keep the puck out of their own net when they needed. So, uh, yeah, good stuff there for Mike. We'll get to more of your feedback as, as we move along this evening, but uh, Chris Jones, head coach and GM of your Edmonton Elks, is up next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. At Rogers Place tonight, 11.54 left in the first period. Moose Jaw leading the Oil Kings 1-0, and the Oil Kings are about to go on a power play. He is the general manager and head coach of your Edmonton Elks. He is currently at the CFL Winter Meetings in Kananaskis. He is Chris Jones. Chris, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Chris. I appreciate you taking the time to join us, and uh, I, I just want to start the interview with uh, a, a comment, if you don't mind, on Christian Salisbury. Very tragic that we lost him. The team lost him. His mother spoke to Morley on the weekend on our Elks This Week show. I, I just wonder if you could give some perspective on him, not just as uh, as a player, but also as, as a person in his journey to the Elks. Well, I mean, he was an absolute pleasure to be around. Um, my nickname for him was Waterbug. He's a little, little small guy, and, uh, you know, he... He did just a, a, a great job for us. You know, we ended up 
uh, we didn't we didn't keep him out of camp, and uh, we ended up keeping another young man. But we ended up bringing him back at a certain point, and and uh, when he came back, he just you know he was just an absolute pleasure to be around. He's fun to be around in the meetings, and he and I would you know joke and cut cut up over you know who was the shortest, and you know he. Um, I'm just going to miss him. You know, he, he uh, had a dynamic smile and just, I don't know, it just was a uh, pleasure to be around. Yeah, well, we appreciate you sharing that for sure. Chris Jones joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, as for some uh, Elks offseason news, obviously some pretty significant news yesterday. Tell us a, a little bit about getting Lucius Purifoy aboard and how he's going to help the, the defense here. Well, I mean, he's a violent defender. He's a guy, he's a physical tackler, and he gets up in the morning and likes to put pads on people. And, you know, we need that in our room. We need that toughness in our defensive room. And, you know, he's a guy that you have to pull back. You don't ever have to push uh, Luches. I mean, he's a he's a guy that you, uh, that you have to pull back at times, but I'd rather have that as having to push a guy. So he uh, he's versatile. He can play a number of different positions. He knows our scheme. He knows our staff. And so, uh, you know, I look forward to having him with us. Uh, Kenny Lawler spoke with Global Television a couple of days ago. He, he said that he and his family are, are have moved to Edmonton now. Um, he seemed optimistic about staying in green and gold. Did you have any comment on Kenny's status? Is there anything you can tell us? Uh, you know, that's a, that's kind of a work in progress right now. So I really, I really can't comment on that. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I had to ask cause he had some comments about it, but we'll, we'll leave it there. The, the, the CFL, there's, there have been so many star quarterbacks in this league over the years, and you've been lucky enough to, to coach a few of them. I mean, the Great Cup victory with Michael Riley a few years ago is going to come to mind for, for a lot of Edmonton fans. I'm, I'm just curious about your thoughts, because I, I only can see this as an observer, as a fan and a media guy. I sometimes wonder, are we bringing enough quarterbacks along in the CFL? Is, is there quarterback depth? You know, if the starter goes down, that there's a really good number two or even number three to come in. Is, is quarterback development something that you think is needs to be addressed, or where are we at with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that, you know, we, that and Canadian offensive linemen, I think those are two areas that certainly, uh, you know, we've got to look at as a league to to try to, to try to make sure that we keep them, you know, here at home and we are developing enough young talent. I mean, if you think about the quarterback position, I mean, the, the, the thing about it is we were very fortunate because I was told the other day by an XFL official that <laughs> they were actively pursuing our guy, Taylor Cornelius, and that we got in on him just at the right time before, you know, some things, you know, would, would start being falling in place for him to have possibly gone back down south to play so we need enough young quarterbacks so if we added a pr position or one of the pr positions was you know dedicated strictly for quarterbacks i think that would you know it allows those guys to stay in our meetings to throw after practice to do everything that that they don't get to do if they're at home and that's film work that's film study that would allow us to develop nine extra quarterbacks in our league every year and uh, you know Certainly, uh, if you've got great quarterbacks, you know, like when I came in the league, we had we had like seven Hall of Fame guys. I mean, Ricky Ray's in Edmonton, Dave Dickinson's down in in Calgary. Uh, you got uh, Danny McManus. You got Anthony Calvillo. You had Henry Burris. You had. Uh, uh, 
uh, Mark uh, Damon Allen. I mean, you name those guys. I mean, all those guys are Hall of Fame players. And that was our starting quarterbacks in our league. So I think the more opportunities that you can have to have quarterbacks uh, in your room, I think that it uh, is a feather in your cap as a league. And then you look at the offensive linemen, you know, you, as many of those offensive linemen as we can keep around that are Canadian, you know, those big Canadian offensive linemen, they are protecting the most you know valuable commodity that you have in your quarterback. And so the more that we can keep to try to develop, uh, it seems to me like it would be a, you know, a smart move as a league. Okay, yeah, I, I, I like where you're going with that. Hopefully we get that PR position. I'll, I'll just get one more, Chris, before I let you go. I know you got a busy day. You, you mentioned XFL, USFL. Um, I, I mean, you, you know as much about the, the next generation of players and who's out there as anybody. How difficult, or, or tell me about the landscape now in terms of trying to get talent to the Canadian Football League. Well, I, I think that it just became exponentially harder. I mean, because if you're an agent in the States right now and a young kid's coming out, what are you doing? If your guy doesn't make the NFL, what are you, what are you advising your young player to do? Go to a foreign country and play 18 games or stay right there close to home, make American money and play 10 games. So it's a tough, it's a tough sale and it's something that we have to meet head on as a league in my opinion or at least as our organization that's what we're doing and and we're actively going down and trying to create uh you know treating it more like one double a in division two recruiting to go find these guys and start trying to establish a relationship with them to to offset the uh the fact that you know that these guys can play closer to home and make American money. So it's a, uh, it's definitely something that we've, uh, that we've got to look at uh, very direct. So w what's the biggest selling point for the Elks? If I were a young football player, <laughs> I, would well, just maybe... I, I, I think the fact that we've got a, a uh, an NFL window for, for these guys, they can come up here, they can play. There's no restriction on how much they can make. Um, so they can kind of have their cake and eat it too. So they can come up, they can establish themselves. You know, you can make a living up here playing the game. And then if you play good enough, just like with Nathan Rourke, there's a window for these NFL teams to come in and, and be able to scoop you up and that type thing. So, you know, uh, we've had Marcus ball over the years. We've had Tom Johnson, Brandon Browner. A lot of kids have gone back to the NFL and been able to uh, sustain it and make it down there, down South. And then we've had the guys that went down South, went to camp and then bounced back. And then they're able to, to make a living uh, because they've played well or the NFL wouldn't be looking at them to start with. So, I mean, it, uh, that's the biggest selling point I think that we have uh, as a league and as an organization. Okay. Hey, Chris, I really appreciate your time. I'm sure we'll be talking again closer to the season. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Chris Jones checking in from the CFL winter meetings in Kananaskis. Uh, really nice memories there about Christian Salisbury. No comment on Kenny Lawler, the excellent receiver who had a bit of an injury plague season here for the Elks, but was pretty good when he played. Waller did tell Global Television he's uh, living in Edmonton and, and thinks he's close to signing. Chris Jones would not confirm any of that. And I really like that answer about developing quarterbacks. I, I do think that the CFL has 
lagged there a little bit. And as he said, there's competition, USFL, XFL, and a lot of those American players just might want to stay in their home country. So that's an ongoing battle for the Canadian Football League.